He is risen. Wow. So good to be here on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Praise God for that truth right there. He is alive. From time to time, uh, we do videos of children in kids' church. Uh, many churches do it. Uh, I've done it in uh, various churches in the past as well. Um, it can be quite enlightening, I have to tell you, to hear from children uh, what they've obviously heard from their parents um, or somewhere. So Noah's version on kids' church leaders, right? This is all on the parents. Certainly, uh, maybe an insight into some of what's being taught. So for Issa, uh, a number of years ago, one of our daughters was part of a video, and it was a simple question, very simple question. You know, what do you know about Easter? What does Easter mean to you? And the answer, Jesus' birthday. We celebrate his birthiness. Well, obviously what she was learning from a dad, right? And theologically so true, because it's all about new birth. Uh, a Sunday school teacher somewhere uh, in Europe read this a week or so ago, asked the same kind of question a week before Easter, and here are some of the answers. What happens at Easter? The first answer, Easter is when the whole family gets together and you eat turkey and you sing carols. <laughs> well, no, that's not it, said the teacher. Does anyone else know? Yeah, I know what Easter is, a boy, boy's voice responded. Easter's when you get a tree and decorate it and give gifts to everybody and you sing those songs. <laughs> nah, <laughs> no. And then a, th a third voice, a child spoke. Easter is when Jesus was killed and put in a tomb and left there for three days. The teacher lets out a gasp, thank you. But then the student went on and everybody gathers at the tomb, waits to see if Jesus comes out and if he sees his shadow, he has to go back in and we've got six more weeks of winter. True story apparently, right? At least from the child's perspective, the answer was true. Society has so many different takes on the Easter story. Different ideas about Easter. So good to go to the Bible, which we'll do today. Get the truth. For most in Australia, it's a family holiday. Uh, for Easter Convention uh, in Atherton, many of our folk are up at Atherton. If you happen to be watching online, happy Easter. Down south, the airports have huge delays processing everyone who's travelling. It's a time where it's like the beehive bursts and people go everywhere. Baggage processing is a big issue. Some of the, um, the, the, the terminal uh, conveyors have been breaking under the stress of all the travel, creating huge lines. Tracy and I took us an hour to get to security uh, just last week on Tuesday, uh, travelling from Melbourne, Tracy flew out to Brisbane, I flew into Townsville. And please, 
if, if you do live in the cities or if you've ever done it, uh, Thursday night and early on Friday morning, not a good time to travel. Don't be on the M1 out of Brisbane last Thursday afternoon. Crazy. For children and young at heart, we look forward to getting the Easter eggs. Back in the day, the crushed eggs, you might remember some of you, used to get sold after Easter. I love those, you know, 50 cent and, and dollar packs, cellophane packs of crushed eggs. Here's a true, true, true story. Our eldest daughter has been up here for a couple of weeks and she's been researching the right kind of eggs to buy for many years now. And that's resulted in some great choices when it comes to chocolate eggs pre-Easter. I was the major beneficiary of that, I believe. For everyone here, under year six, as Josiah told us a little bit earlier, they and their chaperones have an Easter egg hunt after the service today, so meeting in the hall. And if I met you at the door today, you may have heard me say, Happy Easter. I'm not sure where I first heard that, but I like it so much. Maybe I was a little tacker, but I love it. I love Easter because he is alive. I love, I thought we'd, we just had a wonderful time around tables. And thanks again to everyone who participated on Friday. Our Good Friday service was meaningful in remembrance of the truth that Jesus had to die in order for him to be alive in the way that brings resurrection life to every one of us. He's alive and Easter Sunday is about resurrection. For many, it was just another day. Just to let your imaginations roll for a little bit. On this day, in history, the New Testament era was born. Been to Jerusalem a couple of times. It has a beautiful sky when the sun is shining. And that happens for most of the year. A bit like Townsville, so many sunny days. And on this Sunday morning, for most people, they're just heading off to work. It's Sunday, so the Shabbat is over. Sabbath is concluded. Jesus has rested during the Sabbath in the tomb. And that time is over. It's a work day for most. Maybe heading out of the old city towards the fields. Carpenters, they've got things to build. Day labourers worked at whatever they could find. It was a normal, productive morning. People were going about their business. You might remember on Good Friday, the original Friday, when Jesus was on the cross, there was an earthquake. There would have been things to fix. They couldn't do it on the Sabbath. So they would have been out early today. Military things would have been back and running. Politics, 
people off to the courthouse, others to the synagogue. It would have been washing, cleaning, taking care of the kids, heading off to school, milking the goats, baking bread, preparing meals. Just an ordinary day. For some, it was not just another day. For the 11 disciples, this started off as a horrible day. Jesus was dead. He was buried. And the disciples would not have known what to do. Hopes and dreams of a new kingdom were gone. How could they have been so wrong? Let your imaginations go there. What are their thoughts? How could Jesus have been three and a half years of mission and ministry, then this weekend of disaster? And they must have thought their world was caving in. Let's get back to fishing maybe. Over the last few days, they'd been scattered pretty much. And a couple of days ago, they ran in all sorts of directions. Seems like one of them called for that evening meeting, though. They needed to make some decisions. And now this was early morning. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was particularly upset. It was the saddest of days. Friday, a couple of days ago, she watched her son executed. And this happened beside common criminals on a cross. Saturday was the Sabbath, so she couldn't even go to the tomb. Perhaps she spent the day trying to understand, maybe crying, feeling very alone. And today is Sunday. Sabbat is over. She could go to the tomb, but for whatever reason, Mary, the mother of Jesus, chose not to go to the tomb. But Mary Magdalene and the other Mary had a job to do. They were going to the tomb to permanently embalm the body of Jesus. It was their culture and part of their grieving. And in Matthew 28, if you have your Bibles, after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And this is why we're here today. This is the most impacting part of the Easter story. John says this happened while it was still dark, very early in the morning. And to add some preacher's license here, the world began to shake again. The ground shook, an earthquake. This one's a big one. We just had a huge earthquake. There's damage. And Jesus died. So what's happening? And this is how Resurrection Sunday starts. There was this violent earthquake. Look at verse 2. It's possible that we miss some of the details sometimes. There was an angel of the Lord had come down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. And in verse 3, his appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow and the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. By this time, we're understanding that this was never going to be recorded in world history as an ordinary day. This is Resurrection Sunday. It may have started like any other day for a whole lot of people, but it wasn't going to end that way. It was going to change history forever. The angel 
said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. And now here are the most important six words in our New Testament history. Right here in verse 6, read it with me. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Now, in Matthew 28 and 18 to 20, most of us could quote that one, the Great Commission, right? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. But what about Matthew 28 and verse 6? Wow. And I say, what did you say? Jesus is risen? And they say, it's not recorded, but show me. And right then, as part of this life-changing conversation, the angel said again in verse 6, second part, come and see the place where he was, where he lay, because he's not there anymore. There's history. Essentially, look where he was. And they looked and saw an empty grave. That's the story. And in verse 8, so the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell their friends, the disciples. As if Jesus was listening to their very thoughts. The Message Bible goes on in verses 9 and 10, 28, 9 and 10. The Message puts it this way. Then Jesus met them, stopping them in their tracks. Good morning, he said. And they fell to their knees, embraced his feet, and they worshipped him. They recognised him. Jesus said, you're holding on to me for dear life. Don't be frightened like that. Go tell my brothers that they are to go to Galilee and that I'll meet them there. So they ran and told about the empty tomb and actually seeing Jesus. And in verse 16, the 11 disciples were on their way to Galilee, headed for the mountain Jesus had set for their reunion. The moment they saw him, they worshipped him. What started for some as a pretty ordinary day changed the world forever. That's why we're here today. That's why we're here on any Sunday or any other day of the week. That's why we gather. Because the truth sets us free makes us free indeed, and we are able to call him Lord, King, Master, Saviour. That is our story. His story has given us our story, and we are changed forever. What started for the apostles as a day of failure and dysfunction concluded with productivity, passion, and joyful purpose for the rest of their lives. What started for Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Mary Magdalene and the other Mary turned into a day of celebration, wonder, awe, praise and glory to God in the highest. Maybe even a little shouting and dancing. It's okay, church. Wasn't worship great? And it continues. He is alive. He is risen. He is risen. Yeah. 
he is risen indeed. It wasn't long before the entire region of the country was aware that something unbelievable had happened. Word spread very quickly. Things changed at the cross forever. The resurrection couldn't happen without the cross. There had to be death in order for there to be life. We look back to Friday. Jesus' death changed everything and his resurrection brought newness to everything. And in Matthew 27 and 53, and look, we need to remember, the cross was all-powerful. It released people forever. But in verse 53, tombs were opened up. Many bodies of believers asleep in their graves were raised. This was demonstrative. We find later in the scriptural account that there's 500 of them. Dead people running around very, very much alive. Resurrection means new life. And Jesus resurrected people who left their tombs, entered the holy city and appeared to many. News got around that something was not dysfunctional. Something was about life. So on this early Sunday morning, some were getting the shock of their lives. Mothers got their sons back. You imagine that knock on the door. Let me in, mum. Can you imagine that? How cool is that? Have you thought about the power unleashed in this community? Fathers had their daughters released from the grave. Friends were united with their old synagogue mates. They're old school chip and run buddies. They're back. Think about it. These resurrected people all needed clean clothes. It was a busy Sunday morning. 500 of them raised from the dead and released from their tombs. And it all happened immediately. And to quote an angel, it happened when he is risen when it could be declared for all time right now that he is alive forevermore. Joseph of Arimathea, we've heard about him, might have had a conference story to tell that was beyond all conference stories. He was a pretty well-to-do Pharisee, a member of the council and a secret follower of Jesus. You know, if he was just following Jesus uh, on Resurrection Sunday... He was definitely a follower of Jesus. Check out his experience. Uh, it's Joseph who went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body after the cross. And uh, it was Joseph who supplied the tomb for Jesus' burial. And uh, just imagine him telling this story. You're having coffee. And someone says, hey, mate, uh, Joseph, surely you didn't give up your tomb, this bright new um, ripper, expensive, hand-carved tomb. You're a rich man. Why would you give it up? And every time he gets a chance to tell this story, he just can't help himself. And he's waiting for the segue and he smiles and says, well, check inside now. Why wouldn't I give it up to, to Jesus? He only needed it for the weekend. True story, right? Imagine giving that one at the conference around the table, morning tea. You know, it was my tomb. 
And he only needed it for the weekend. He's alive. Would you trust in the Jesus that I allowed to sleep in my tomb? And here's the story of that weekend wrapped up in an awesome teaching of Paul in 1 Corinthians. Chapter 15. Everyone. I want to remind you of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. In verse 2, by this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word that I preached to you, otherwise you believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you of the first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according... He is alive. And he appeared, appeared to Peter. And Paul knew this and then to the 12. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, the most of whom are still alive today when Paul wrote this. Some have passed. And in verse 7, then he appeared to James, the brother of Jesus, then to all the apostles. Let me finish with this. Paul was convinced, and may I remind you, he needed convincing. Many of you know his past. He was a persecutor of anyone who chose to follow Jesus, and his whole life was dedicated to eradicating the faith in Jesus Christ. But Jesus met him. You could say confronted him. And Paul gets to write those words. That's a changed man. So here's the significance for us today. I've mentioned a couple of times that this is history, and it is. It's the story of God. It's his story. It's Jesus' story. And it was amazing, Resurrection Sunday, the, the real one, the first one, was absolutely beyond belief, right? You have to say transformational, like people got their lives back. They were dead, many for years, and they had new life. Jesus was dead, so dead, that it fulfilled what was necessary in the Scriptures, that sin pays off with death and the death of Jesus paid the price of sin for everyone forever. Now, that's amazing, right? And that would remain amazing in history if that's what it was all about. But that's not all of what it was about because the Easter, the first one, actually projected for all time, for every person who would believe there would be new life. And that's our story. His story gives us our story. And we shouldn't just, we should absolutely look back on this historical wonder. But we shouldn't just point the finger at the wonder and say, that's what happened. We should say, this is what happened. Amen? This my life 
is transformed because of what Jesus did. It was promised and it was delivered. Amen. Jesus, I praise you for what you have done in my life that I can share with others. It was your mission, but it's our mission. It's my mission. And we share it together. A Muslim became a Christian and some of his friends asked him, why have you chose this new lifestyle? He answered, well, pretty much like this. Suppose you're going down a road and suddenly it goes in two different directions. You don't know which way to go. There's an intersection and there's two men. One's dead and one's very much alive. Which one would you ask for directions? Pretty simple, eh? I'm going to go with the one who's alive. Because Jesus Christ is alive. He's risen. Because Jesus was resurrected, we can participate and benefit from that resurrection. Let's finish with Romans 6. One of the favourites for me. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Paul says, no, not by any means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism in, in death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live new life for we have been united with him in his death we will also certainly be united with him in resurrection because he was resurrected we now live forever can I invite you to stand as we pray if you're here today and you would love to know some more if you're here today and you're thinking, man, I've known this stuff, but I've just considered it religion and I know in my heart that Jesus is alive, I just invite you to talk to someone near you, come down the front and one of the pastors or elders will come and just explain whatever question you've got. We want to hear what God is saying to you. Father, we acknowledge that you are the Lord of all. And you sent your son to live a sinless, blameless life. And it was probably the birth always pointed to the death, the sacrifice. And here we are, uh, a picture of the revelation of God, standing in unity with knowledge and purpose and peace and restoration, being a part of our story because we are alive, because you are alive, Lord Jesus. May we tell that story, be it a conference, be it across the backyard, be it anywhere, to the glory of Jesus.